Good evening and welcome. It's great to see everyone this evening as we start looking at and continuing on from this morning around our new series, which is focusing on Deploy and how we can be used to serve through ministry. Now, for those of you who regularly attend the church here at Forward, you'll know that Deploy forms the final part of our mission statement around Creed. But what is Deploy all about? Well, in a wrap-up, it's about understanding ourselves and the gifts God has given us so that we can use our talents and our time to be able to serve Him and serve through our faith. Now, before we dive into the message, I want to show you a few images of me as a young, innocent six-year-old. Now, you're probably wondering, why is he showing you these images? But on this day was home to one of my best performances on a football pitch. You see, it was a cold, wet Saturday morning, and I just picked the ball up at the back. I took the ball past one, I took the ball past a second, I nutmegged a third, and I whipped in an absolute beauty of a cross, even if I say so myself. Now, I saw my two mates driving into the box at the far side, and they were about to meet it and put it home. And I had the shearer hand up, I was about to go away and celebrate. But the next thing I knew, I saw the ball rolling out of play on the opposite side of the pitch. You see, as I was about to turn away celebrating the goal that I'd created, my two mates had missed the chance to put the ball in the back of the net. They both had presumed that the other was going to meet the ball and put it in the back of the net. And instead, the ball ran out of play on the far side. Now, you can obviously see that 23 years later, I am totally over the fact that both my mates missed my cross. But why have I just told you this story? Well, similar to my cross, we can sometimes think that it's somebody else's job or responsibility to deal with a situation. And we can often miss that opportunity to act. The passage for this evening in Ephesians 4, 11 to 12 reads, God has given pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of ministry. So the body of Christ may be built up. I wonder if you've ever considered what this passage means to you. We can so easily fall into the trap of thinking that our pastors are responsible for the growth of the church and reaching out to others. And I know I have definitely fallen into this trap in the past. However, Paul's words in Ephesians show us that in order for the body of Christ to be built up, we need to change this approach. The Bible is telling us that pastors are administrators and teachers. The people are the ministers and the people are me and you. Pastors and teachers use their unique God-given skills to prepare people for ministry. This isn't about pastors or leaders ministering to the people. This is about us learning and understanding what gifts we have so that we can all become ministers of God. But 
what is ministry all about? Well, the Greek word for ministry is diakononos, which means to serve. Oxford Dictionary also describes ministry as the spiritual work or service of a Christian or a group of Christians to aid others. In Corinthians 12, Paul says, there are different kinds of service to God, but it is the same Lord we are serving. The Holy Spirit displays God's power through each of us as a means of helping the entire church. All of you together are the one body of Christ. And each one of you is a separate and necessary part of it. Notice that this passage is highlighting both the who and why of ministry. It says, the same Lord we are serving. We are all serving the same Lord as a means of helping the entire church grow. Ministry is all about using our time, using our talents through service for him to help build up his kingdom. Here at Forward, we believe in an individual approach to ministry rather than a one-size-fits-all approach. We believe that God is consistent in his plans for us and has provided us with unique gifts and talents that we can use through ministry with our own unique way. This allows us to serve God the way he intended for us to serve him. But what direction should we look to minister in based on this? Well, number one, we must look to minister to the Lord. In Acts 13.3, Barbanus and Saul, who were two prophets and teachers, they were worshipping and they were fasting and they were waiting to be called into service. And then the Holy Spirit came down and started to speak to them. And they called them to start the work that God called them to do. Start the work that God called them to do. So we need to make sure that our service is aligned to the plans of the Lord. So all when we go through our ministry, we need to make sure we're aligned to him. And then number two and number three. We are called to serve believers and non-believers. In Hebrews 6.10 it says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help. Throughout this passage, Paul is saying to serve, support and minister to his people. His people are the believers that follow him in order to continue to support them in their physical, emotional, and spiritual journeys with him. But alongside this, we're also encouraged to look to minister to non-believers. In Matthew 4.19, as we've looked at within our REACH series, it says, if you follow me, you're going to be fishers of men. And then later in Matthew 5, 13 to 16, when talking about the salt and light, it says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. 
neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they will see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I don't know about you, but I absolutely love that final verse. And I love the symbol within it. It gives light to everyone. As believers, we're encouraged to reach out to others. Others that may believe, but also to people that may not currently believe. This can be through good deeds, physical acts of kindness, and through being beacons of light in our faith to others around us, through our actions and our support, and through our praise and worship. So now we've got this idea of what ministry is and which direction we should look to minister in. What are the needs when we are ministering? Well, to do this, I'd like to embarrass the team that run lunch break here on a Wednesday afternoon at Forward. For those of you who are unaware of what the lunch break is, it's a group of people that serve our local community every Wednesday with soup and cake. And now, if you want a recommendation on, Hope swears by the sticky toffee pudding cake that Mike makes, so there's maybe one to try next time you're in. But the lunch break is a fantastic retreat for people of all ages. It offers physical support to people. It offers a warm environment where people can meet and be served food and water. It is also a welcoming and comforting environment which supports people's emotional needs by allowing people to meet safely. People who might be lonely, new parents, young people, the elderly. And finally, it's an environment where God is at the center and where people can ask questions, learn more about what it means to be a believer, seek answers, and grow spiritually. The Lunch Break Group is a perfect example of how God wants us to minister to serve people physical, emotional, and spiritual needs as we look to serve God, serve believers, and serve non-believers. Now, for some of you here this evening, you might be sat there thinking, well, that's great, James. I now know what ministry is. I know which direction we should be looking to minister towards and which area of needs we want to minister in. But why is it so important for me as a believer? And why should it be a priority for me as a follower of Jesus Christ? Well, to do this, I'd like us to consider five key pillars of ministry. These pillars are underpinned by the Bible and form the basis of why serving others is so important for us as followers of Jesus Christ. So the first pillar. The first pillar refers to being, I have been created and saved for ministry. Now I'm going to start quite big here. Have you ever considered what is life all about? Have you ever asked yourselves, who am I and what am I here for? These are often big questions that we can ask ourselves when we're searching for a meaning to life. 
However, for us as believers, we believe our purpose is Jesus. In Ephesians 2.10, Paul writes, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And then in 2 Timothy 1.9 it says, It is he who saved us and chose us for his holy work. Not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan long before the world began. You see, we have been created by God and then saved through Jesus' death on the cross. Not because we deserved it, but because this was his plan all along. We have been created and then we have been saved to serve, to fulfill his plans and to help in growing his kingdom up. Our second pillar refers to being called, gifted, and equipped for ministry. And there's a number of passages within the Bible that highlight how we have been called to serve and minister. In Matthew 4.19, Jesus' very first words to his disciples were, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for the souls of men. In, Peter, in 1 Peter 2.9-10, it says, you have been chosen by God himself. You are the priests of the king. You are God's very own. All this so that you may show to others how God called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were less than nothing, now you are God's own. And then again in 1 Peter 2.5 and Galatians 1.15 it says, You will serve as holy priests. And God, in his grace, chose me even before I was born and called me to serve. I know there's a few verses there, but, and I know I don't know about you, but it gives me a proper tingle when I listen to some of those verses and the words in those verses. Not only has he created us in his image, but he has a plan for each and every one of us. A plan to use us to share about his love, his care, and his plans. I am not who I think I am. I am not who you think I am. But I am who God says I am. And I have been called as a believer to be a minister of Jesus Christ. Again, you might be thinking, well, that's awesome, James. But I really don't have the skills to be a minister of Jesus Christ. Well, I'm telling you, you're completely wrong. These passages are showing us that God has a plan for each and every one of us. A plan to use us through ministry. To use our unique gifts and talents to serve him. To serve believers and to serve non-believers in our own unique way. In 1 Peter 4.10, Peter talks about how God has given us all unique abilities and says, Be sure to use them to help each other, passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. You see, we can so easily fall into the trap of self-doubt 
and thinking we're unworthy of serving him. But God has created you and created you with a plan and gifted you with unique skills and talents to help serve and minister to others through his name. And if that's not enough, God has equipped us all for our own ministry journey. As our passage for this evening in Ephesians reads, God gave pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of ministry. So the body of Christ may be built up. And as within our creed mission statement here at Forward, being equipped with his word and through his message and growing spiritually through our relationship with him allows us to be deployed with God at the center of our service. The third pillar I want us to consider this evening is I have been authorized and commanded to serve. Now, I'm not sure what your initial reflections are when you hear those words, but when I was planning this pillar of ministry, it felt quite intimidating and almost quite daunting thinking about the fact I have been authorized and commanded for ministry. Never mind the fact we can sometimes feel ill-equipped or doubt ourselves for such a task. But when we break these words down, we can make sense of what God has planned for us and how much of a privilege it is to be able to serve. So what does authorized really mean? Well, it means we have been given permission. God has given us permission. He has given us permission to serve him, to serve believers and to serve non-believers. In Matthew 28, 18 to 19, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. And then in 2 Corinthians 5, 20, it says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. These passages are showing us that we have been authorized for ministry. We have been given permission by him, by Jesus, to fulfill his plans for us on earth. Which is a pretty incredible and boss thing, if you ask me. And if that's not enough, the Bible continues to give examples of where we are not only given permission to serve, but we're also commanded to serve. In Matthew 20, 28, Jesus said, your attitude must be like my own. For I, the Messiah, did not come to be served, but to serve. And then again in Colossians 4.17, when writing to Archippus, who was a young minister, Paul says, Take heed to the ministry you've received from the Lord and fulfill it. In both these verses, Jesus and Paul are telling us to serve and minister to others. They aren't asking, they aren't suggesting, they are telling and commanding us to serve others. Now the fourth pillar I'd like us to consider this evening is the body of Christ needs my ministry. 
Now, this really pains me to speak about him, but for those Manchester United fans out there, you may be aware of a famous image that Sir Alex Ferguson used to show his players. Sir Alex Ferguson used to show his players this image. And at times, when birds were flying over training, he even used to stop training to make a point to his players. Now, I wonder what you see when you look at this image. The image is of a flock of birds migrating across the world. They fly in a V formation to reduce air resistance and take it in turns leading in order to share the bulk of the work. The consistent message that Sir Alex Ferguson used to give to his players when he showed this image was teamwork. Teamwork allows the birds to reach their destination. It allows them to use their own unique abilities to work as one, to share the load and arrive together at their desired destination. Now, this is a similar concept for us as a church in ministry. In 1 Corinthians 12, 27, it says, All of you together are the one body of Christ. And each one of you is a separate and necessary part of it. And then in Matthew 9, 36 to 37, Jesus is looking out on a big crowd of people that have come to listen and hear from him. And he compares them to sheep without a shepherd. He turns to his disciples and he says, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. In this moment, Jesus is recognizing that there's a large group of people that are eager to listen to him and learn more about what it is to be a believer of him. But there's not enough people and there's not enough order to be able to share the ministry. And there's not enough labors to do it. Jesus is highlighting the need to work together as a one body of Christ. To use our own unique abilities, our own unique skills to speak to more and to serve and to support more people. Just like the flock of birds in Sir Alex Ferguson's teamwork image, one bird, no matter how strong a flyer of it is, cannot make the migration the whole way as the leader. They need to share the, le the, the load. They need to work as a one body, use their own unique abilities and skills to create more order and success by working as a team and working as one body. Now, our final pillar I'd like us to consider this evening is that I am accountable and I will be rewarded for my ministry. It's one of Jesus' most famous parables, and you're all probably aware of it, but the parable of the talents in Matthew 25 to 14 to 30 highlights how God rewards those who use their unique skills and talents that he's, been, he's given them to serve others and to increase the worth of his, him. Now, the story goes that Jesus told to people was that there was free servants. And a leader, a master, was just about to go away traveling. But before he went away traveling, he entrusted the free servants with some of his money. He gave five talents to the first servant. He gave two talents to the second. And he gave one talent 
to the final servant. Now, to get an understanding of what a talent is, a talent is a sum of money. And it's believed in modern day society that one talent would be worth in the region of 600,000 pounds. And five talents would be worth in the region of three million pounds. So it's a real significant amount of money that the servants have been entrusted with. The servant with five talents traded with them. And he made five more. The second servant did the same. But Jesus tells us that the third servant went and dug in the ground and hid his master's talents. Years later, when the master came back, he called the servants to find out how they'd used the talents he'd entrusted them them with. Jesus tells us through the parable how much God has given us to work with by saying how pleased the master was with the first and second servant who were both heavily rewarded for using their talents to increase their worth. But Jesus in the parable also talks of the anger the master had towards the final servant for not investing or banking the talents he'd been given. You see, through this parable, Jesus is showing that that God wants us to use our unique skills and talents to serve others and grow his worth. He does not command us to bury our talents and sit back awaiting salvation, but he holds us accountable for using what we have to make the world a better place and to help in building up his kingdom. This is again further supported in Galatians 2, 23 to 24. When in prison, Paul writes, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord, not men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. At a time when Paul is imprisoned for his beliefs and probably at a pretty low point, He continues to highlight the need to work hard with all your heart for the Lord. To work hard through difficult times and hard periods. To use our talents, our skills to serve him and to help in growing his kingdom up. This will lead to growing closer in our relationship with him and sharing in his happiness as a reward. I'd like to finish the message this evening with us going back to the verse for tonight. God has given pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of ministry. So the body of Christ may be built up. We can so easily think that it's somebody else's job or responsibility to deal with a situation. And can often miss the opportunity to act. But this verse shows us that the opposite is true. God wants us all to be ministers. He wants us to use our unique talents to serve him, to serve believers and to serve non-believers in our own unique way so we can grow the church and reach out to others. Over the next three weeks within our Deploy series, we're going to be looking at an acronym that stands for the word SHAPE. And it stands for 
spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, experiences. These are all aspects of our lives that can give us pointers to how we can use the unique skills and talents that God has given us to be able to serve through ministry. As we invite the band back up this evening, I'd like to encourage you to pray. Maybe you're new to church this evening and have a load of questions about the message this evening. Can I encourage you to speak to someone before you leave tonight? Or just say a quiet prayer to yourself where you ask God to show himself to you and allow to you to make sense of what we've been speaking about tonight. Or maybe you're a believer, but you're new to this serving and don't know where to start. Can I encourage you to pray about your own shape and how God can use your own unique skills and abilities to help serve through ministry? And finally, for others of you here this evening, maybe this has just been a bit of a refresher as to why we serve. Can I encourage you to continue to put him and his word at the center of your ministry and to continue to serve him with all your heart in order to help build up his kingdom?